0: Hello from the newsroom of the Financial Times in London. I'm Katie Martin. Today we're taking a look at the Indian government's botched attempt to privatise Air India. Jotsna Singh talks to Kieran Stacey about what went wrong and what this tells us about the flaws in Narendra Modi's ambitious plan to sell large parts of Indian industry. Kieran, why have there been no takers for Air India? It depends who you listen to. The government will tell you that the reason that there was no interest for the company was that just before they invited companies to make expressions of interest, the oil price shot up. And that meant for the companies who might have bid, companies like Indigo, which is India's biggest private airline, their costs had suddenly gone up, their profits had suddenly come down, and the option of owning a big, loss-making, highly-indebted company didn't really appeal anymore. However, if you listen to other experts outside the government, they say there were another couple of problems. One of which was the government decided that out of the $7.6 billion worth of debt that Air India has at the moment, it would sell off $5 billion worth of that to Air India's buyer. So whichever company decided to take it up had to take up $5 billion worth of debt alongside it. The second problem was that the government really wanted to sell Air India as one airline. It wanted to sell the international and the domestic networks together. Well, that didn't really work for any of the potential buyers. Some international companies wanted access to India's domestic routes. Some domestic companies wanted access to international routes. Nobody really wanted both of them together. So the way in which the deal was structured was a problem, and the immediate economic context was also a problem. So what does this tell us about other companies they might wish to sell off? For example, the public sector banks... The government's looking to sell off immediately a few small companies, including I think the next one up on the block is a company called Pawan Hands, which makes helicopters. That's had another slightly troubled sell-off process. There are a few bidders for that now, but they had to list it twice in different ways to try and get companies interested. In the longer term people have talked about going for really big fish like the public sector banks for example which are often more saddled with bad debts than their private sector counterparts in which the government has talked every so often about moving into the private sector. What the Air India process tells us is a few things. One, the government has to be very careful to get the bidding process right. It has to work closely with its advisors to make sure it does enough work in turning around these companies and stripping it of the things that private companies don't want to actually invite enough interest. The second thing it tells us is that there is a problem that India has, which is there are simply not enough domestic buyers with enough money to buy some of these bigger companies. So. This was definitely true of the airlines. There were probably only two or three domestic airlines that could possibly have... Take an Air India, and that's not a huge market to play in. The same is true of the banks, and if they ever get round to selling off the banks, the private sector banks, although they're doing better than the public sector banks, they're not actually doing that great themselves, so they will find it very difficult to take on some of these liabilities too. One solution might be to actually list the companies, so to do what Margaret Thatcher did in the UK in the 1980s, which is parcel them off and sell them on the stock exchange and try and encourage ordinary Indians to buy up shares in them. That will be a difficult and long process. It will mean probably having to get the company in a fit state to list in the first place, which will mean a big turnaround effort. It will also mean encouraging Indians to buy up shares in companies in the first place. Now there has been a lot more of that going on recently than previously, but the fact is still that India remains a place where most people A do not have the money to start dabbling in financial markets and B there's just not really a culture of it. So. It'll be a difficult and long process, whatever path they decide to take. How did the Indian government end up controlling so much of the country's industry? India was founded as an independent country post-1947, along the lines that it should be a socialist and secular state. And socialism is built into the country's DNA. It then went through several years during the emergency in the late 1970s when the Indian government actually seized private companies and took them over. I think today the Indian government owns 331 companies. They pump oil, they operate banks, obviously there's an airline. They even make sex toys through their condom company called Hindustan Life Care. So there's almost no part of the Indian economy where there isn't significant public sector involvement. And they have found it very institutionally difficult to actually do anything about this. So there was a burst of privatisations during the last BJP administration in the mid-2000s. That then went on hold during the last Congress government, mainly because Congress had to go into coalition with the Communist Party. And so that was then not really going to go anywhere. And then Narendra Modi started talking about it again when he took power in 2014. But the problem is, institutionally, there's a lot of resistance to any privatization. First of all, a lot of government civil servants get perks from these companies, whether that's free flights, for example, or whether their own family companies can end up bidding for contracts from these government companies. There's a lot of reasons why civil servants don't like to actually get rid of these companies. Second of all, public sector unions are very strong, and they will often team up to make it very difficult for the government to get rid of these companies. So for example, with Air India, the public sector unions managed to strong arm the government into writing in a clause to the deal that whichever private company bought up Air India should keep every single one of its members of staff for at least a year after the sale. Now that is a big burden to take on for any company. Third of all, there's simply not the appetite. I was talking about a lack of private sector buyers. There's also just a suspicion, I think, generally among the Indian public about capital, about the private sector. And people often regard sell-offs as selling off the crown jewels. So there are a lack of buyers, and there is also public resistance to do anything about this. Why is it so crucial for the government to disinvest at this point? Why is it so important to privatise It's an important thing for the government to privatise some of these companies, both to try and get some of the losses and some of the debts off their own books. So... Air India, for example, with its $7.6 billion worth of debt, the government would like to parcel that off on somebody else and certainly would like to stop having to bail the company out every few years. But also it's important symbolically. It's a sign that Narendra Modi is a business-orientated prime minister, somebody who is welcoming of the private sector and somebody who's willing to take the decisions that previous administrations have found difficult. So far, he's not really persuaded people that he is that leader. That's the platform he campaigned on in 2014. But his attempts at economic reform have been stuttering at best. This would give an important boost to that agenda. But having said that, he's now less than a year away from an election. And I think Prime Minister Modi is extremely unlikely to do anything that could end up being unpopular among ordinary voters. Thanks, Kiran. Thanks for listening. That was Jotsna Singh in Delhi, talking to our South Asia correspondent, Kieran Stacey. And you can find a link to his story in our show notes. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right.